Good to see you this morning. We are in the book of Luke, chapter 12, and uh, we're picking up uh, not quite halfway through the chapter here this morning, and uh, I've entitled this, Holding the Things of This World Loosely. And we're going to see why I have given that title here in just a moment, and uh, let me put that text up there for us. First, I just say good morning to everybody that is uh, joining in now uh, at this hour. And if you're listening uh, later on, just please know that this is done live with people who join and comment and part of a, a morning community Monday through Friday uh, at 6 a.m. Now, I'm not going to be on tomorrow or Wednesday uh, just a reminder, my wife will be having surgery tomorrow morning, and uh, we need to be in Portland at 645. 
So Scarborough, Portland, uh, down in that neck of the woods. So I, I just uh, just want to remind you of that, that I won't be on for the next few days because of that. But let's get into the text here and uh, see what uh, what the text has to uh, has to communicate to us and what we learn from the text here this morning, Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Does that ever sound uh, common to hear people fighting over inheritances? It happens frequently, actually. In fact, sometimes it's surprising that people it happens with people who whom you would least expect to... Um, be fighting over inheritance, sometimes do end up fighting over inheritance. And so that's the very first thing we read here this morning. Some of the crowd said, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Uh, I want more land. Uh, I want more sheep. Uh, I want more uh, more of the family money. I want more of, happens all the time. And Jesus says this, he says, who appointed me as a judge and arbiter between you. And he said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, you know, possessions can be a, a, a tricky thing. Uh, and it's not bad to have possessions. It's not wrong to have nice possessions. Uh, but for the Christian, that statement is true if... God has our heart first, and if our if our desire is that with our possessions we serve the kingdom, uh, but what begins to happen often, especially in capitalistic countries like ours, it, it can happen in socialistic countries too, but capitalistic countries, uh, what we have becomes our God, and the ability to get more of what we have becomes our God sometimes, and, and, and it's on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, we have people who listen, who God is is provided for in absolute abundance, and, and we're thankful for you, and we're thankful for what God does in your life. And, and those of you that are part of the regular family uh, that maybe fall into that category, you have been... Um, you're gracious and generous with with what God has blessed you with. Sometimes there are others who who maybe are Christian, but who have been given the ability to garner lots of wealth, uh, and they're not so generous with it. And they they will do what uh, what we see here in this passage here in just a moment. Now, there are others of you listening who have very little, and life is a struggle. And sometimes greed can affect across the spectrum. Uh, greed can affect those who have very little or nothing because they're just longing for daily provision, and we have listeners who are in that category for certain, uh, and longing for the ability to, to pay their bills, pay their rent, pay their utilities, uh, in America, uh, others who are just longing for the opportunity for for medical care. Uh, so, but we can get greedy across the spectrum. We can we can desire dollars when we have no dollars, and when we have lots of dollars, we can desire even more dollars. So let's let's continue the text and see what it says. Verse fifteen. 
Watch out, be under guard against all kinds of greeds. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He told them this parable, and Pastor Jacob did a phenomenal job explaining parables yesterday. They're stories with double meaning. Uh, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. He said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. The ability to be rich toward God. And, and I mean, that, that was the title I gave on Friday, being rich toward God, that, that we would learn how to be rich toward God, whether, we, whether in abundance or in little that our hearts would be full of God, that our hearts would be full for God, and uh, uh, and that we wouldn't get caught up in in, in the necessity of having more and more and more stuff. It it happens. I mean, there's been an advertisement that Wendy and I have seen on the TV a few times uh, for this really nice uh, GMC, red GMC, uh, ATX4 red with the black wheels, sharp looking truck. Uh, and these couple of women are, are rescuers, uh, like out in the mountain areas. If people get in trouble, they go out and help rescue them. And it's in the advertisement for the truck. Uh, I said to Wendy, I said, I'd like to have that truck, you know. And so, what do I find myself doing last night is I logged in and I'm looking at, you know, what would a truck like? Well, let me tell you what a truck like that would cost. And I, I it would not make sense for someone like me to have a cost a truck like that at $105,000. Not at all. When there's so many other needs in the world that that need to be provided for and for the Christian uh to be rich toward God. Now, again, it's not wrong. They're business people have trucks like I, sometimes I I think some People think maybe I'm against having a nice, a nice vehicle. Like I, I'm not. Uh, but what God challenges us with, what Jesus challenges us with, is how to be rich toward God. I have so many global projects right now, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach them. Because the moment you post on Facebook that you're raising money for other needs, everybody's got needs, and everybody wants something from you, and uh, that can that that can be quite taxing to have that upon you. But but I can think of people who need Bibles, that if we could figure out how do we how do we make that happen? How do we get, you know, money? Can we can we go and pay so that they can have Bibles printed? I mean, that that's something I how how does that happen? And getting money from one country to another country sometimes is a very challenging thing to do. Uh, but there's a need, you know, what what would it cost to fulfill that need? Uh, we have another group that uh, is training and multiplying leaders in southern Africa and, uh, you know, requesting aid for some help in raising funds to, to provide the training. And, and they're multiplying. I mean, they're, they're, they're planting churches and whatnot, but they need aid. So 
So there's that. Uh, there's the need of our good friends in South Sudan that, uh, you know, they, they really need their, their church is a hub, a training hub, and, and they really have needs. And, you know, $10,000 to put a roof on, windows in, and doors on their building. And, um, you know, that's, that's not, by American standards, that's not a lot of money. Now, per, to me personally, that's a lot of money. But by American standards, that, that's nothing. Uh, you know, and, and probably raising $20,000 would go a long way toward those things. And how does it happen? People who are, who have the means, who are rich toward God. That's how that happens. And uh, in our own church, you know, going to Mexico, uh, uh, taking a, a group there. When people learn to be rich toward God, all kinds of things can happen. But back to the back to the text here, you know, what, what did this guy say? And, and, I mean, it's called a fool. In fact, in verse 20, God says, you fool to him. Uh, and... Um, what did he do? He said, I'll just build bigger barns. I'll have more stuff for myself. Uh, he said, I'll have plenty of good things laid up for many years. I'll just take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said, you fool, it's very night. Your life will be demanded. And what did what did Jesus conclude? Verse 21, this is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. So for us to be rich toward God, and I'm preaching to the choir here. I really am, uh, because you are rich toward God. You have many of you have participated in 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 our South Sudan uh, work last year, uh, and were a part of that work last year. and And I want to acknowledge that I know you were part of that work last year, and and commend you for that. Um, and I, I do want to just real quick say uh, good morning to a few people or good afternoon to a few people. Uh, Jess, good seeing you this morning. Uh, Zara, uh, good seeing you this afternoon. Uh, Bing, whatever time frame it is, I never know which part of the world you're in. Most recently you were traveling. Are you home now? You don't need to answer that here. Uh, but uh, just say good morning to our dear brother Bing as well. Uh, and many of you, those of you listening currently, I mean, you, you're, you've been generous. And, but, I mean, it's in the lesson. It's in the text. It's in what we're looking at this morning, uh, the necessity of, of being careful, watching out for ourselves, watching out for all kinds of greed. Uh, this is a, a message especially uh, urgent, I think, for us in the West, uh, for, this, for, for those of us in America uh, and, and like I said earlier, it, it rears its ugly head in all kinds of different ways. Now, I want to continue the text because there's other encouragement here for us. Let me uh, move us on. Just the idea of if if you are doing well, say, how can I be generous? And I, I've suggested some ways. Uh, if you want to per, uh, participate in some things, uh, getting that roof put on for in fact, one of our churches over in Africa that, that you saw pictures of last year, people did give, and they now have a roof, at least, when they used to meet under a tree, and uh, so we, we rejoice with them in that. Now, if we can get a roof on the, the building for the mother church there, that, that has a hub church that's planted so many churches, that would be outstanding. Uh, 
or there's needs for Bibles in lots of places, and we have friends that uh, certainly need to have Bibles, uh, and and they're hard to, to come by where they are. So just if you want to help out, reach out to me, send me a Facebook message, say, hey, Jim, what can I do? And I can give you some direction of some different ways uh, that you could participate in that way. So verse 12, he, he kind of shifts the theme slightly. And he says, he told his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat or about your body? What you, will you wear? Life is about more than food and the body more than clothes. I mean, don't, don't just get all wrapped up in the things of this earth. Uh, now, again, we here in America, we have it pretty good because, you know, I can I can go out to my refrigerator and say, hmm, what would I like to eat? Uh, I can go into a few different uh, cabinets and, and go, hmm, okay, there's stuff here I can eat. I can walk across the street to the Little Debbie outlet, uh, sorry, uh, Dollar General, uh, and, and there's food right there that I can purchase. You know, I, I don't need to be worrying about that, but others who listen it is, it, it, they live in places where they're hoping, they're praying, they're trusting Father for a little bit of food. They're trusting Baba, Father, for their daily provision, literally, 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 uh, for their provision. And uh, both sides, those of us that have an abundance, to think through how can we support those that don't, uh, but then also for those that don't have food, and Jesus is telling them, do not worry about your life. What will you eat? About your body, what will you wear? Life is more than food, the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, or another word would be the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom. They have no barn. They have no cupboards. They have no freezer. They have no refrigerator. Uh, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Or I guess I read that wrong. How much more valuable you are than the birds? You are valuable. And, and that's a lesson that you can communicate, that you are valuable to God, because this is exactly what it says in this verse, verse 24. They do not reap. They do not... Uh, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? You know, it just occurred to me that it may be helpful for me to leave the scripture on the screen longer than I do, because maybe maybe somebody is uh, trying to scribble some of this down uh, and, and take, uh, take the scripture down so that they have it for use. So if that's the case, just go, yes. Uh, I'm trying to do that, and I'll try to leave the scriptures on a little bit longer. It's about what God wants to do in our world. He says this, Who of you, by worrying, uh, can add a single hour to your life? Don't worry about what you have no control over. You have no control. Stop worrying. Uh, do what you can do and leave the rest to God. So since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? You you can't add an hour to your life, so why do you worry about adding an hour to your life? Consider the fields. Now, he points to the birds of the air. They find food. Consider the lilies and how they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. In other words, put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Be ready. Be rich toward God. Being rich toward God in in, in this way. Um, I mean, would we be willing to sell our possessions? To help others? You know, socialism says you have to do this. And and that's one of the struggles that we have here in America is that um, socialism uh, is that we're against socialism, where the government says you must. But for the Christian, uh, our position is we will. We will sell our possessions. Why? Or we will give from our wealth. Why? Because we love Jesus. And because we love the people that Jesus loves. That's why we would take these steps. Now, again, a number of you have done phenomenal things. And uh, a number of you have, have been extremely supportive. In fact, I think probably everybody in the, in the listening crowd right now has been extremely supportive in, in numbers of ways, prayerfulness, encouragement, uh, finances, uh, all those things. And, and yet we know we have brothers and sisters around the world who have needs and, you know, uh, we, we need to pray for them. We can at least do that much. Uh, and uh, as Father enables to figure out how to, to support brothers and sisters, uh, it's it's huge the needs we we in the West do not understand how good we have it and yet we we lust for more. But now, rather than lusting for more, to to place our hearts in a place where we treasure the things that God treasures, we want the things that God wants, uh, and. Uh, like he said in verse 33, sell your possessions, give to the poor. Now, if the Lord uh, moves in your heart to take a step like that, then I would say take a step like that. Um, again, we have a spectrum of people who are part of our listening audience, some who are just scraping by and uh, hardly making it, uh, and, and others maybe who are, are doing much more considerably well. Let me go a little further in this passage uh, wow, there's a lot here. I'm uh, trying to decide. Yes, let's go further. Be ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Like men waiting for the master return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. He'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve 
We'll have them recline at the table and we'll come wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch in the night. You know, the second watch of the night might be like, uh, you know, midnight to three. The third watch of the night might be like three to six. He says, understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have uh, let his house be broken into. You must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour you do not expect him. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answers, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose the, the servant says to himself, my master's taking a long time coming. He begins to beat the men's servants and maid servants and eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, an hour when he's not aware He will cut him to pieces and assign him a piece with the unbelievers. That servant knows his master's will. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not know what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. I mean, this is speaking of judgment. But the one who does not know and does things deserving of punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. From the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And that is a weighty, that that sentence, that that last line is a weighty one. And uh, it's heavy. And uh, um, because if you've been entrusted with much, uh, there's much more asked. There'll be many, many, many more demands. Let me summarize this section. Whatever the Lord has given you, you need to be serving him with. And you need to stay busy about his his business. And there are lots of Christians around the world, uh, especially in the West here, West being Europe, uh, especially Western Europe, uh, North America, uh, where we've gotten sloppy spiritually. And uh, we're we're kind of doing the things that, uh, that he warns of here. Master's taking a long time, so we we get spiritually sloppy. If I would summarize this section, I would say always be working, always be ready for Jesus to return. He could return at any time. He could return at any hour, and, and we need to be ready for his appearing and to stay busy. Busy doing what? Busy evangelizing. Busy doing what? Busy growing disciples. Busy doing what? Busy doing kingdom work. That's what we need to be doing. And uh, what does that look like? Well, it might look different in your context. If if you're going to work today and you're around uh, colleagues or you're around patients, perhaps that is your mission field today and the place where Jesus wants you to shine. Uh, if you're going to a doctor's appointment today uh, or uh, you're dealing with a neighbor today, perhaps that is where Jesus wants you to shine. Uh, but to think of where you shine and how you shine. Some of you shine as prayer warriors, praying like crazy. And uh, for me, if you want to join with me in prayer, my prayers would be the Lord would give me wisdom uh, 
stamina, ability, provision. I, I, I am not a, a money raiser. I've never, it's never really been something that I've been extremely good at, but it seems that God has put me in the place where pretty much everything I do requires that I raise money. And, um, I mean, it isn't like there's a, a stream of it that just flows. And I have to raise money for the college and seminary. Uh, I need to raise money for our own personal support. Um, I need to raise money. I believe the Lord has tasked me to raise money or raise up others who can help raise money for some of these global projects where people are multiplying ministry. And that's kind of the one of the standards that, that I look at. And, okay, we're not just helping people just to help people, although that's a, certainly a good thing to do. But uh, I've had to determine what what's the rubric, what's the uh, what's the measure that I use, and that measure is one of looking at uh, you know are are they multiplying by making disciples, and who will make disciples, who will make other disciples, and that's kind of the world in which which I run at this point. But for us, what lessons do we take out of today? We take a couple lessons. Uh, hold the things of this world loosely. Don't become too attached to to all the things, especially here in the West, where we have ad, advertisements all over the place. Uh, Walter commenting that uh, making verse thirty four, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah, to keep asking ourselves, what do we treasure? Do we treasure the things of this earth? We treasure the things of God. And then lastly, to stay busy serving the Lord in whatever sphere he has called you. You know, may he find our hands working when he comes. May And there, there are other parables that talk about when he returns. I mean, will we have something beyond what he's given us to give back to him? I feel the weight the Lord has given me. Yeah, I'm still paying for it, but the Lord has given me the, the this high education. The Lord has placed me in a place of stewardship over uh, an institution that equips people for ministry. Uh, the Lord has uh, placed me in a in a position where we have friends from all over the world reaching out, and uh, literally all over the world: North America, South America, Central America, uh, Northern Africa, Southern Africa, uh, the Middle East. Uh, maybe not so much in, in Western Eastern Europe. At this point, although that does happen some, uh, India, um, other places. So pray with me for all the provisions that God would provide. Uh, pray with me for uh, wisdom. But for you, my prayer for you is that uh, you keep treasuring the things of God, uh, that you keep working for his kingdom, and, and that together we partner together to bring honor and glory to Jesus. Lord, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer that we may um, bring you honor and glory, that we might be found working for you, that we might uh, keep treasuring the things that you treasure, that we'd keep seeking first the kingdom of God, that we wouldn't worry, but would trust you. Lord, we acknowledge some days that's very hard, but we come to you, we look to you, and ask you to increase our faith. Lord, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good day. See you on Thursday.